Welcome to Attention to Detail, the classical music listening guide, where we give you the tools to understand, appreciate, and enjoy listening to classical music. Hey, welcome back to Attention to Detail. This is Hannah Reffitt with the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra, joined again with Jacob Joyce. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Hannah. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. I uh, had quite the eventful trip back to Indianapolis this week. I was driving home from Michigan. I'm, I'm from Michigan, not that far of a drive to Indianapolis, but as you know, we had these these storms, yeah. and I was driving along, and I got caught in a literal tornado. Oh, my God. Yes, I got caught. Well, you're here, so I know that you're okay, but... Yes, oh I, I got caught in the tornado. I um, I was driving along. It was it was totally clear, and out of nowhere, it started, started raining really hard, which by itself, I was used to. Not that scary. But then uh, these clouds came on the highway and started swirling around and I pulled off the road and there was like a funnel cloud oh my god right next to the gas station I was at and apparently the tornado that I drove through the forming tornado that I drove through on the highway actually touched down like right after so crazy 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 I'm glad you're okay yeah this is we're we're living living it up here in in central Indiana yeah (laughs) the only thing that affected me with that storm was that it was right in the middle of the bachelorette so (laughs) the worst yeah the The worst (laughs) I I ended up watching the the next day so Mm, it's it's mm, okay so today uh, on our sixth episode of the podcast we're going to talk about uh, the question of why we listen to classical music what makes it worth it going to the concert hall spending our money spending our time so Jacob can you start answering that question for us yeah I mean that's a it's certainly a tough question and we'll take the whole episode to, to break it down but the short answer the most simple answer I think is that classical music is art art with a capital a you know it's obviously not it's not a painting yeah <laughs> but it's but it's art art and I think I mentioned this earlier on the podcast that I had a music theory, music history teacher who uh, referred to classical music as Western art music, which I also don't love that term. We're, we're still searching for a better name than, than classical or Western art mm-hmm. music. But he was right in that this tradition that we're talking about is art, and as a result, I'd like to think that that's why it's uh, important for us to continue to listen to. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Why why should we care about art at all, any kind of art? And I think hopefully for our listeners, if they've had a experience with with some form of art, whether it be a great novel, it be a great painting, it be a a great performance of some kind that they've seen. I think that that art, and listen, I'm not going to be able to answer on this podcast what is art or why should we care about art. That's a super hard question. But, but I think one thing that, that we can agree upon for now is that art, it, it involves us in this process where we ask questions. And maybe the most common, the most important question that we ask when we're dealing with a piece of art is what does this mean? Mm. You know, what is what is this whatever actually mean? There's other questions that we may ask too. Uh, why is this fill in the blank, beautiful, interesting, moving? Uh, 
Controversial. Controversial, yeah. What What is the artist trying to say? We, we can ask that as well. But the one that I want to focus on is that question of what does this mean? You know, and and the process that's involved in a listener or a viewer or a reader, however you're however you're interacting with with the art, um, finding out what trying to find out what it actually means. So, take the example of you know like there are, there are works of art where they the artist puts a, a shovel or something yep. in an art museum. Yeah, and it's just, it's like a normal shovel, but it's been put in an art museum. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could debate all day whether that is actually art. I mean, I'm not a knowledgeable enough person, artist, to uh, be able to answer that question, I don't think. But the only way that that could be art, I think, is if it involves this question of us asking, what does this mean? Why is this here? Because of course, there are many, many shovels that are in everyone's garage that, yeah. that we wouldn't call art. Yeah. So simply- That might be the point though of the piece. I'm just already going in and analyzing this shovel and this non-existent shovel in this art museum. But it makes me think of, I'm. I, it's been a long time since my art history class that I took in college, but the the pipe pa- uh, painting do you know what i'm talking about there's this this painting of this pipe and it says this is a pipe uh-huh. on the painting uh-huh. so like that whole that all of that stirs like what is art what makes art art right right no and i think that's and i think that that's another question that that can be initiated mm. but there's something about and that's 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 what i'm trying to say basically is that um some 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 question needs to be initiated by this whatever it may be mm. that that makes us examine makes us uh, inquire and one of those questions the one that I find myself most often asking even when I have something like that is this is a pipe what does that mean yeah like exactly. wh- why why would because it's not a pipe it's, right it's a painting it's a of painting a pipe. but yeah. also why would it why would it not be a pipe? It, it looks like a pipe. You know, there's yep. there's so many questions that you start asking. So let's break down that question of asking yourself, what does it mean? Because this, this applies very, very closely to classical music. There's, when you try to answer that question with anything you're dealing with, whether it's a piece of music or any other kind of art, there is inevitably, inevitably going to be your own subjectivity that comes into answering that. Of course. And you are going to have to interpret something that that's going on. You're going to have to try to interpret what this means. Yeah. And so that that's going to be different for different people. Something that's entirely representative, unartistic in any way, if if we consider a shovel in someone's garage to be completely not art, then there's no interpretation that we need mm. to engage in when we see, we, we see it. It's a shovel. Great. We know what we use shovels for. Done. But when we ask ourselves, what does this mean? Yeah. We're introducing our own subjective interpretation and into that process. Now, when you, of course, when you engage in art, when you go to a concert, whatever it may be, 
I imagine you don't do this every time you go. I don't do this every time I go where you're sitting there asking yourself, what does this mean? Why is this beautiful? Yeah. Blah, blah. But I think that's going on under the surface, regardless of whether we're conscious of that or not. And especially when you interact with a piece of art, a piece of music, whatever it may be, that has a really deep meaning to you, something that really strikes you to your core, I think you can sometimes feel that, especially if it's a deep emotional meaning. Mm -hmm. You can often feel... Have you ever had that experience at a concert where something just really spoke to you? Yeah. You... Uh, the earliest that I, in my history of listening to live classical music uh, at the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra was um, La Mer. Yeah. And, and actually feeling as if I was on a journey, yeah. on, on a boat somewhere. Um, so that, yeah, I mean... A, Almost all the time. Right. And yeah. so and I think that's one one example of how how we we often feel this process of searching for meaning yep. is when it's emotional meaning, when we're when we're moved by it in some way. But that's there are other kinds of meaning as well. There's there's intellectual meaning, there's you know, there's sometimes when you really, really have to examine something closely, that mm. is a somewhat thrilling process. Yeah. It it just differs for different people. But I think that is for me, one of the hallmarks of art, of, of classical music, is that you're trying to figure out what what this means, and that is not necessarily the same for everyone. Yeah. There's a, a certain amount of individualistic interpretation that, that goes into that. So this is all very abstract, and I want to illustrate this with some actual listening. So let's do that. And I want to point out one thing very quickly. Hannah, you're going to, as always, help us out here. The techniques that we've introduced on this podcast so far, we've been very deliberate and, and tried to be thoughtful about, about these techniques. And as I've mentioned, they're meant to engage our listeners' artistic minds and interpretive skills. And so built into these techniques, there's a lot of subjective interpretation that goes on. And so... I want to try doing some of our techniques with, with these clips to illustrate a little bit about how we can start this process of looking for what do these things mean. So I'm going to play several clips for you. Here's the first one and just listen with those techniques that we've done so far in mind. Okay, so if I if I gave you, you know, color, animal, blah, 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 whatever, what would you associate with that clip? Uh, just all birds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good. Well, that's that's good. That's good. I, obviously, that was that was bird sounds. Um, that not, wasn't a piece of classical music. That was not a piece <laughs> of classical music. Although, I will tell you, there's a piece called Pines of Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which uses an actual, in the midst of the music, it uses a pre-recorded nightingale oh. that you project on the speakers. So that's not the that's not the same recording, and there's music on <laughs> under it. But but yeah, so that was so that was meant a little bit tongue in cheek, but not really. I mean, that was a recording of birds, and I think probably most of us can agree that that I, was that yeah, was birds. I I can't really get color out of that because right. All I hear is birds. Exactly. So, so that's that's 
I think, the point that I want to take away from this. Okay. Now let's actually listen to some music and and keep doing this this same idea with that with that first clip in mind. Okay. So how about that one? What would you what would you give that one? Fluffy came uh-huh. to mind, okay. but like also I see I see flying. I suppose like yeah. just a forward and a backward motion, like the way the bird takes off. They uh-huh. sort of take off and then go back and then keep going. So it, it sounds a little bird like. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, I'll tell you now that that's from Vivaldi's Four Seasons, mm-hmm. and that he's written in the score at that spot that that is that is meant to be a bird. That's that's entered this scene. So it's it's supposed to be very ev- evocative of birds, but but we can already say, I mean, to me, this is no disrespect to, to yours, <laughs> my first choice probably wouldn't have been fluffy. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's part of the point. There's we're already seeing some sort of, of personal interpretation mm. that's getting involved. I mean, we could both agree that the first clip was birds. This one is very bird-like to me, too. Part of that is probably because I know that it's supposed About, to sound yeah. like birds. But there's a little fluffiness for you. There's a little <laughs> more whatever, chirpiness, yeah. uh, you know. Um, so let's let's keep doing this and, and examine some of these other okay. clips. I can like hear is the clarinet doing the wheat woot so uh-huh. it's birds um but also the strings after that are so nice it sounds like um morning time like the yeah. sun is coming up right I that one for me I, I'd agree with I mean again that's that's by Beethoven it's in in this movement called seen by a brook and mm-hmm. it's very evocative mm-hmm. of, of a brook maybe maybe in the morning and birds suddenly jump on the scene um, pastoral, right? It's pastoral. It's from the pastoral symphony, exactly. And it's, we can agree on that one. Again, very bird-like, but but we can see how there are different feelings that those birds could evoke yeah. in us, you know, um, as opposed to maybe the, maybe just the bird sounds. Yep. Okay, here's, here's, we'll start to get a little more abstract okay. now. Uh, here's the next one. on that one wow beautiful yeah um, what is that that is a piece called the lark ascending by von williams oh 
Wait, is it a lark a bird? I don't a, a know. Lark is, a lark is a bird, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Uh, wow, it sounds, even before you just told me that it was a bird, um, so, it just sounds like soaring. Soaring, yeah. yeah. I can hear that too. That one also for me has a very kind of peaceful yeah. quality. And uh, yeah, but can you, now we're getting a little bit... Uh, a little bit away from the, yeah. the, the bird sounds. Like I wanted, I didn't, I don't know that piece, so I wouldn't yeah. have been able to say, "Oh, that is a bird. That is about a bird." Exactly. Um, so more abstract, more meaning towards it. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> now let's. My uh, good student. <laughs> you're a good student. Exactly. Let's now now, let's start forgetting about birds. About the birds. It's gone. And, and we'll we'll listen to these okay. a little more on their own terms. Here's okay. the next one. So leaving birds mm. behind, just you know that that one for me, I can really feel that yep. clip. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's, such like a gut punch that pieces. It just, yeah. I, it's Sibelius Phi, which I it is. love so much. Yeah. Um, so give me give me a your idea on that one. Uh, so that's <laughs> Rocky to me when he's running up the steps. Because uh. for me, it it's about I'm sure I'm I'm wrong, but for me that piece is about like human endeavor and human achievement and, and yeah. so that that phrase that you just played is so motivational that I just want to that's, go conquer the world see that's interesting and that's a uh, I mean I can I can see that too I can see the motivational inspirational like he's running up the stairs yeah it's kind of chariots of fire-esque oh you know? yeah, like, that yeah. Too. um I can hear that 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 is not what what I take from the clip and maybe maybe that is um partly because I know a you little know bit more piece. about yeah. this piece, and but that's uh, another point that I want to want to make here, which is that, like we like I mentioned already, this the concept of what does this mean yeah. is very personal, yeah. and it can change for for you. Yeah. That's that's part of the interesting process about this whole thing yeah. is that meaning can change and that's as you, okay and which that's is okay. what i love so much about art like that and that even goes down to to paintings to that shovel like yeah, exactly, that shovel yeah. can be something different to you and me right depending on your frame of mind but also what you know at the time yeah. uh who you are at that time and so now i want to I tell you something about this clip um the reason why i chose it in our in our what's rapidly becoming a bird themed episode <laughs> here is that it's when, not about a bird is it well, when Sibelius wrote this, the last movement of this, the symphony, he was inspired. That's actually called. Some people call that a swan theme because uh, he was inspired by oh. this this sight of there were twelve swans. He was walking in the forest and he saw these twelve swans circling overhead. Okay. And he came to this clearing, saw these swans, and you can kind of see that it's it's such a, like you said, in a way, motivational, yeah. life affirming scene. So now I want you to listen to this clip again okay. and see how you feel just knowing that fact. Mm. Now put yourself a little bit more back yeah. into the bird okay. frame of mind.
So how do you feel now? Yeah. I, can, I can only see the Rocky thing now. Right. Uh, I'm definitely yeah. I, I can definitely see swans, birds circling around each other, especially with like the woodwinds when they come in yeah. towards the end. That gracefulness that uh-huh. they sort of have, uh-huh. but then the spinning with all of the horns. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Nice. Okay, good. Well, I mean, and the point is is certainly not to make me think here yeah. twelve swans. Yeah, uh, it's just. It's meant to illustrate that anything can can change your own subjectivity, yeah. your your what what something means to you. Um, so, anyways, now our, our last clip. This one, uh, just just take a sec and, like we did in our first episode on this podcast, prepare yourself slightly okay. and just you know get ready and. Uh, let me know what you think of this one. Right. But yeah, take take five seconds just to mentally prepare. All right, so I'd venture to guess that that that's a little more challenging, maybe. Yeah, right over my head. Well, <laughs> not necessarily. Just give me a, a reaction. Any mm. sort of what, how did how was that one? What did that evoke? I'm gonna like give a a color, and it's like fuchsia pink. It's just like Whoa. wild. That it is wild. Yeah, that is, that is a wild answer. Yeah. Fuchsia pink. <laughs> yeah. I would see. There, okay, here's an example of. Not in a million years would I have come up with fuchsia, fuchsia pink, pink, but very impressive. So now, uh, let me tell you a little bit about this piece as well. Um, this is a piece by a composer named Messiaen, mm. 20th century composer. And Messiaen was obsessed with birds, um, oh. and he actually very meticulously cataloged bird sounds. Wow. And so this piece... Wazo Exotique is musical kind of recreations of a bunch of different rare bird sounds. Wazo Exotique means exotic birds. Mm. And he's put a bunch of rare bird sounds together. So try listening to this again and imagine you're in this glass house with a bunch of exotic birds. Okay. You want to try that? Yeah. Okay, one more time. Anything new that time? Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, now that you've told me to imagine a glass house full of birds, yeah. I, I can see the chaoticness yeah. of what that would be like. But I honestly, I'm like still struggling. Like, is every instrument representing a different bird? Kind of, yeah. So instruments are playing bird calls. Wow. That he's he's... He recorded them and he's reproducing them. Yeah, it's that's fantastic. That's wild. It's wild. So, it's wild. can I ask you, like, from your perspective, from someone who like listens to to music 
eight hours a day like do you get meaning from that do you do you say oh birds yeah well I mean first of all I definitely the first time I heard this piece did not I wouldn't say that I got Mm. a lot of meaning from it and I did I went in knowing uh who Messian was and what this piece was about and so in that sense I was able to say okay birds you know he's um but the meaning in that piece that you know that kind of feeling the sense of I've really grasped this I'm I'm getting something emotional intellectual Mm -hmm. whatever it be out of it no not not the first time not the second time I listened to it now it's a piece I know pretty well and I will tell you, I actually find an enormous amount of meaning in it now. Yeah, and that's, and that comes, I think, with time. But also, that's that's part of the process. Anyone who tells you that, you know, there are there are certain pieces that feel complicated. They they feel over our heads. Yeah. Anyone who tells you that they always get meaning from the first listen is is lying, (laughs) regardless of how experienced they are. But, but. It's something that now I, I do, in fact, get mm. I, I get a lot of meaning from it. And it's important to think about uh, this Messian example specifically because we're, we're, we're talking about classical music. And as I mentioned, Messian lived in the 20th century. He had all of the resources that he wanted to. I mean, he recorded these bird sounds. And if he simply wanted to convey the meat, represent a... Uh, glass house of exotic birds what yeah. the sounds that would be he could have basically taken the recording that we listened to mm. at the very beginning of yeah. bird sounds and that would represent a house of exotic birds there's a very deliberate reason why messian set this to music it's you know this is a very he's meticulously cataloged these bird sounds and he's reproducing them but why music yeah. it's because there's a way to convey meaning there mm. from him to the listener outside of just playing a recording of, of bird sounds. Is it also like an homage to birds for him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's it, it pays respects yeah. to, respect to these birds that he finds finds interesting interesting, but but the uh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think his choice of setting them to music him he was of course a composer, and so this was his preferred medium but he was a composer because he felt there's a way to convey meaning yeah that was his choice of art right and there's he found a way to convey meaning through music cool okay so this all should go back to the meaning of this podcast how does this relate to the idea of trying to interpret and find meaning come into play when we're listening to classical music yeah so i think when we go to the concert hall it's important to remember what we're there to do. And I think for me, that that is to ask these questions, to approach classical music as an art form, and mm. to try to figure out, you know, the questions that we talked about at the beginning. What does this mean? Also, why do I find this beautiful, yeah. moving, sad, whatever it may be? What was the artist, composer trying to say? I think simply taking that attitude and realizing that that's, for me, the purpose yeah. of going to the concert hall is an important thing. I mean, classical music can be very entertaining. It can be very relaxing. It can be, but it's not always that. I mean, you've seen pieces, I've seen pieces that are very sad. You yeah. know, uh, would you say that, uh, I mean, when you go to see a Shakespeare tragedy, I wouldn't necessarily call that 
relaxing or yeah. even entertaining. Yeah. It's it's moving. It's painful. Um, it's it's about asking that what what does this mean? Why is this X? You know, mm. moving, sad, whatever it may be, and and trying to answer those questions as best as you can. And and of course, the beauty of art is that you'll never fully be able to answer those questions. You can come back, listen to the same piece the next day, and have yep. a slightly different answer. Yeah, I should mention that. The concert hall specifically, because a lot of people, you know, also ask this, the, the title of this particular podcast is, is why do we listen to classical music? And people wonder why it has to be that, you know, we go to a concert hall and we sit there, sit still and, and uh, try to be silent and blah, blah, blah. And of course, there's a lot of things that we could change about that. And the concert hall can be stuffy. But the reason why the concert hall exists, the reason why art museums yeah. exist, um, it wasn't always the case that people thought of art, music, whatever it may be, in this in this fashion. I mean, it used to be that the best art, the best music, was stuff that was representative. If it, it was able to convey music that most closely sounded like birds yeah. was considered the best. And so... In that sense, you don't need a concert hall. You know, that's that's not an active process. You, if you listen to good music that sounds very similar to birds, it, it's just, there's no questions to be asked there. Yeah. The concert hall is, and the art museum, whatever, it's a place where you go to, to, to ponder and yeah. to ask those questions. And so it's important when our listeners go that they, that they do that. And they, they kind of take a, a glass half full versus a glass half empty approach, you know, if instead of trying to, instead of sitting there and letting the meaning of these pieces hit you, be active and say, you know, this is a piece being presented on a classical concert. Yeah. I imagine there's some meaning there. Like for me, Wazo Exotique. Yeah, you know? it's a greater investment of your time too as, as a patron goer. It is, and it's, but it's a, it's a worthwhile investment and it's, and it's something where, you know, look at it with a glass half full approach and say, is there meaning there? And let me try to find yeah. it. So it, the whole process of finding meaning sounds maybe a little exhausting. Like I'm in my seat in the concert hall trying to find meaning, trying to find meaning. How, and even if I do maybe find meaning, how do I know if I'm right? So what yeah. do you recommend for myself and for other new listeners uh, for techniques to find meaning and move on? Yeah, so I think, I mean, as we already illustrated, people's meaning, perception of meaning, uh, understanding of what something is saying to them can change. And so the first thing to realize is that every time you go to the concert hall, you'll feel a little differently. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll get something different out of it. But as for techniques that you can use, um, aside from what I already said, which is really to, to hit that switch and try to have the attitude of glass half full, let me search for the meaning behind these pieces as opposed to waiting for them to hit me. Yeah. Use our techniques. As I mentioned, our techniques engage the artistic mind, but also use them to refine your process of trying to understand what these things are are saying. As I mentioned, you know, I told you that thing about the, the Sibelius. Mm -hmm. um, learn as much as you can. If you can read up on a piece before you go, that... 
there's no reason why that's going to spoil anything for you, but also it's it's not the be all end all of that's not going to give you meaning by itself. Yeah. It's just a it's just another tool that will will help you trying to find that meaning. Try to do your best to figure out what frame of mind the composer was in. You're mm-hmm. you're going to when you go to it when you listen to a piece that's 200 years old, you have to cross this huge historical gulf. Yeah. So try to figure out what the composer was trying to say and just refine the process. It's something just like everything else that we've done. It won't be easy the first time, but it'll get much easier and it's ultimately I think that's the point of this episode that's that's why we listen to classical music yeah one that that deserves maybe even more answers and and more exploring so I'm excited to to talk about it even more because I think we've opened ourselves into even more avenues yes well maybe we'll maybe we'll explore explore this more on a on a future podcast but that's probably it for us now yep that's all the time we have but thank you so much for listening yep thanks talk to you soon For more information about this podcast, you can find us at attentiontodetailpod.com, where you'll find a list of techniques presented in these episodes and a two-week program for starting your own listening practice. You can also find us on all of your favorite social media channels. We encourage you to follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating. We hope to see you soon at a concert.